This episode of First Line is sponsored by TrueLearn, an exam prep company best known for their smart banks that turn your weak areas into your strengths. I am so excited to partner with TrueLearn because it is the only company I trusted for Comlex Level 1 prep last year and Level 2 prep this year. For my listeners who are taking the USMLE, TrueLearn also has an amazing USMLE smart bank. Each TrueLearn smart bank practice question has detailed answer explanations and succinct bottom lines to get the big learning takeaway. TrueLearn includes first aid references for each question and an option to create tests based off of topics, so you can use TrueLearn to help prepare for your school's test during the year. Lastly, if you are in your third year like me, TrueLearn also offers smart banks for shelf exams. Go to TrueLearn.com and use one of my special discount codes for up to $35 off your new subscription. Special discount codes can be found in the episode description. TrueLearn is the first line solution to excelling on your your exam. Hi, my name is Aubrey Ann Jackson and you're listening to First Line. I'm a student doctor in my third year of medical school and I'm here to bridge the gap between sophisticated doctor talk and oversimplified patient education to bring listeners of all backgrounds together to discuss whole body health and wellness. Through an osteopathic lens, First Line covers tangible ways to improve your health, hot topics in healthcare, the journey to becoming a physician, mental health, relationships, and even philosophy, all while holistically addressing the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Here's the episode you've all been waiting for. This week, I'm talking about how to decide whether a health profession is good for you, whether you decide to be a physician, whether you decide to pursue osteopathic medicine or whether you are looking to go into nursing or becoming a physician assistant or other amazing professions like physical therapy, occupational therapy, psychology, becoming a therapist. All of these are incredibly important health professions that allow you to help people on a daily basis and we're going to talk about it today. I am starting back at high school. Ready? I wanted to be a veterinarian. I loved animals. My childhood dog was my best friend. His name was Tucker. I had cats growing up. I had hermit crabs. I had fish, lizards. I was and still am allergic to horses, so never did much horseback riding or anything like that, but I knew I loved animals, and I also loved science class. I was also really good at math and really liked math. I was your typical nerd. I did all kinds of advanced placement AP classes. I competed in academic decathlon. I wasn't the smartest. I wasn't anywhere near to be valedictorian, but I worked really hard. I always wanted to do well in school. I wanted to get into a good college. And I was blessed with just a really good, hardworking attitude that allowed me to do really well. My first choice was going to Cornell University in Ithaca, New York, which is an Ivy League. And I was actually able to land an interview with them. My plan was they have one of the best pre-vet programs and they're also affiliated with a veterinary school. So that was always my absolute dream. But 
I know that dreams don't always work out the way we plan for it. And looking back, I am so glad that my dream didn't pan out. I was also a little bit curious about other health professions because I had an experience shadowing a neighborhood veterinarian and I was in there less than an hour and I got scratched by this huge tabby cat who was not happy to see me. And at that point, like, you know, I, I knew it wasn't all like bottle feeding kittens all day. I knew I was gonna get scratched, but in the moment when I did get scratched, I just like had this realization that my ideal view of what I could do as a veterinarian, I just didn't, it didn't seem so idealistic anymore. And again, I knew that it wouldn't always be that way. But in that moment, something just clicked for me that I was more open to learning about other professions, other occupations, other career paths I could take. So I was a little bit curious, but at this point, since I am such a planner and I like to be very deliberate with everything I do, make sure I know what I'm doing, planning ahead, all of that, I was a little bit uneasy to not really know what I was going to do. In addition to Cornell, because, you know, if I got into my dream school, my dream program, I would probably pursue veterinary medicine. But the other schools that I chose to apply to did not necessarily have pre-vet programs. And I kind of saw this as an opportunity to let what is meant to happen happen, not put all my eggs in one basket, but to kind of spread out and see, okay, maybe if I actually choose to go to a school that doesn't have a pre-vet program, maybe I'm not meant to do that. Maybe God has another plan for me. So the other schools I applied to, I don't have to list all of them, but they didn't necessarily have pre-vet programs. They did have very solid biology programs, which is what I would have ended up doing with pre-vet unless I did an animal science major. But a lot of those animal science majors were very agricultural based and I really wanted to be a dog and cat veterinarian. So I was leaning towards biology anyway. And it wasn't like the door was closed becoming a veterinarian if I was accepted somewhere without a pre-vet program. It just kind of expanded my options and basically gave me another four years to think about where I wanted to go. So I ended up not getting into Cornell because like I said, I am smart. I am very gifted as a good student, but I'm not the smartest. I'm not Ivy League smart by any means. So I got accepted to multiple other schools and had to decide between them. I ultimately decided to go to Northeastern University in Boston, Massachusetts. And while there, I kid you not, there was a meeting at the beginning of the year where students that were interested in any of the health professions could go to and each of the clubs that represented health professions would be there and give their spiel about their club and why you should join. So the pre-med club was there, the pre-vet club was there, the physical therapy club, the pharmacist club, a lot of, lot of different ones. And 
And there was also a pre-SOMA club, which is basically a pre-DO club. It stands for Student Osteopathic Medical Association. So I joined all of these clubs. I even forget all of the ones I've joined because I didn't necessarily have to pay dues for any of them. I just showed up to meetings and kind of learned a little bit about each of the health professions. I have always been kind of like a natural leader. I I just like to be an expert and to know everything and I really wanted to be a leader of whatever field I would go into. So that's why I was never really attracted to even being like a vet tech. I always knew I could meet the rigor and the responsibility of being the leader of a healthcare team. So I was interested in physical therapy at the time as well. I'll talk more about that later, but I really liked kind of like the hands-on aspect of that. Obviously, I also went to the pre-med club. And when I say pre-med, it was pre-MD. It was AMSA, which is American Medical Student Association. And I went to the pharmacist club, ultimately decided I needed a little bit more patient interaction, more of that hands-on type thing. I did go to the pre-vet club. They were very horse emphasized. They were more agricultural, which wasn't really what I was interested in. And again, I didn't really feel that magic going on there, but I was definitely still leaning towards being a vet. And then I walked in on the pre-SOMA club meeting. And I don't even think there was a guest speaker or an actual DO on the premises at all. This was just the senior at the time who was president of the club. She got up there. I, I should really find her on Facebook and thank her because she so beautifully described to all of the freshmen in the room what the philosophy of being a DO is and so much of what I said in my episode called osteopathic medicine episode two is kind of what she talked about as well and it really spoke to me it just made so much sense I was at the point where I was like what is the catch here what what is going on like why are people going into other fields of medicine? I don't understand. I just thought it was so beautifully stated. And I spent all that night, because I think this club meeting was like an 8 to 9 p.m. So I spent all night, stayed up late, researching what being a DO meant, what osteopathic medicine is, when what is the catch here and I think at that point there was a, a few less schools than there is now a few have opened up since then and one of the newest ones that I actually looked up that very night was the one that I actually ended up going to I remember thinking to myself okay that school that is my dream and I <laughs> I'm, I'm tearing up a little bit right now, to be honest with you. I didn't intend for this to happen during this recording. But it's just so amazing how, how God works sometimes with giving us an open mind and then leading us in the right direction and 
making certain things that are important so clear for us and then allowing us to make our own mistakes, learning from them, but then putting us back on the path we need to be. And I'm not saying being pre-vet was ever a mistake. It was just, I just had to be redirected into what God has in plan for me. So from then on, it was really my goal to be pre-DO. So I was never pre-MD. I was pre-DO from the start. I, if I jump ahead a little bit, I never applied to an MD school. I only applied to DO schools. I was actually, I started out as a biochemistry major and I switched to biology. And then I started a minor in political science that actually became my major as well. So I was a combined major, biology and political science. That's what I graduated with. And I was so fortunate to go to a school that has something called the co-op program. So these are kind of internships. They're six months long and the co-op program at Northeastern is really the main selling point in going there. Usually people graduate in five years because they do two or three six-month co-ops. So it basically comes out to four years of school or three and a half years if you do the three co-ops. I graduated in four years and completed two co-ops. So I was actually able to do a combined major, biology and political science, three years of coursework. And I had the incredible honor my junior year of becoming president of our pre-SOMA club. And that I think that position opened a lot of doors for me, very clearly telling every school that I applied to that I was interested in being a DO. I know a lot of what I'm saying is very specific to becoming a DO, but this has to be your mindset with whatever you decide to go into. Do not have a backup choice. Put some thought into what you want to do. Join all the clubs. Talk to people that are in those positions. Shadow if you're able to. I'm so glad I shadowed a vet and kind of decided right then and there that it wasn't for me. Put yourself out there. Network. Learn for yourself. And then you can come across as very confident saying, hey, this is what I want to do. I knew a few people that wanted to be doctors. They came in freshman year, they were pre-med all the way, they wanted to be doctors, whether it's MD or DO. And so many of them, because they got B's in their classes, they thought they weren't good enough to be a doctor, even though they wanted to be that leader of the healthcare team. They they compromised for being a, a PI, a physician assistant. I know so many amazing physician assistants. Really, I think the best ones are the ones that wanted to do that since the beginning, the ones that were pre-PA all the way. That's, that's a position they saw themselves, they saw themselves as the right-hand man to the physician. Someone that is in a very important support role that can also take charge in certain situations and really understand their scope of practice. And I just think it's so unfortunate that 
you aren't sure what you want to do and then you just do the backup. I unfortunately went to school and still go to school with students that originally wanted to be an MD and they use DOs as their backup. I think that is the saddest thing in the world. Not only because DOs are incredible and I'm a little biased. I think DOs are better. I obviously chose to become a DO and not an MD, but I know to reiterate from my previous episode, I know so many incredible MDs. It's just, it was not for me. But I think it is so sad that someone is going to become a DO and they never wanted to. I also know people that originally wanted to be a DO or an MD that became nurses and many of them very good nurses. But I also know a few people that did start out being pre-DO or pre-MD and then decided that nursing was better for them and that is very different. I have so much respect for because they could have easily have been smart enough to get into a program and then dropped out one year in because they knew it wasn't for them and then become a nurse later on to make the decision ahead of time and really realize, okay, this is the place on the healthcare team I see myself. That requires so much reflection and it is so worth it because this is your career for the rest of your life. My mother and my best friend are both nurses and I, I have so much respect for them and what they do and I'm so glad that they chose that path for themselves. I never really saw myself as a nursing role, I did want to do a little bit more with being the leader of a patient's care. And not only in that leadership role, but also I wanted to get all the education that I possibly could in order to treat someone as a whole person. And for me, Something like nursing in PA, I didn't think met that need enough for me. So that's why when I heard about osteopathic medicine, it was a no-brainer for me. And I also just want to say that if you do decide to pursue any health profession, you're going to have people that tell you that you're not smart enough for it, that you don't have the personality for it, that you don't have the grades for it, that you haven't had enough experience to do it, that you don't interview well, anything like that. There will be people that discourage you and try to sway you into doing something else. And especially if you have parents in any sort of profession, they might want to steer you to do what they do, especially if they think you're reaching a little bit out of your bounds. I have definitely received my fair share of discouragement to people that I look up to. I was fortunate enough to have supportive parents that thought I could do whatever I wanted to do. However, I had a lot of professors in my undergraduate college who were either part of the biochemistry department, biology department, or they were part of the pre-med advisory team. They all kind of said very similar things to me that my grades just weren't good enough. 
that I should keep my options open and look at other career paths, such as research. And my school was very good at research. I was fortunate for my first co-op, my first internship there, that I was placed in a really good pharmaceutical company doing research with them on their biology team. I enjoyed research. I can see myself maybe doing clinical research as a physician, but I could not picture myself doing that every single day of my life. I have amazing respect for people that do go into research. We need really smart researchers because that's who physicians are relying on in order to provide patients with the best health care. But it just wasn't for me. I did kind of enjoy working solo a lot of the time and then if I needed help to kind of collaborate with my research mentors and the team in general. It was that part that I really enjoyed. I think a lot of doctors have a similar setup where they take care of their own patients but they're they're never really alone. There's especially if you're part of a group practice, there's always other physicians you can enlist for help. You can even enlist PAs and nurses for help because no two people have the same knowledge set. You can always learn from other people and it doesn't matter if you're a doctor and you have more years of schooling, you can always learn from other health professionals. You can send me a voice message using the Anchor app if you want to send me a comment, ask a question, or share any topic ideas that you want for an upcoming episode. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, I would really appreciate it if you take some time, just a minute of your time, to write a review. Hopefully it's five stars, but I really like honest reviews. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. so much for listening again i'm on instagram at first line podcast also on facebook facebook.com slash first line podcast you can reach out for any questions comments suggestions feedback i'd love to hear from you thanks again